Hi, this is Michael J. Sullivan, author of The Right Ear Revelations, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. It is TalkCast 147, and tonight we are playing a very special game. The game we're playing tonight is What's Dougie Doing? And tonight's special guest for What's Dougie Doing will, in fact, be Doug Jones. We'll be joining us at the halfway... Stop the screaming. We'll be joining us (laughs) at the halfway point of the show. But before we do that, joining the TalkCast tonight... Oh, yeah, before we even do that, hello... I'm the Dome. I'm sitting here, and I have my guess as to what Dougie's doing. Everybody else now has their choice. Joining the TalkCast tonight are the usual suspects in the Revered Time Vortex, Violent Soundboard Vixen, Criano. Cooking with kimchi. Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> Stacks of her personal silent zone, the dungeon. Gop, dap, dap, And the room. Uh, it's Zombrarian. Zombrarian, what's Dougie doing? Well, like me, Dougie didn't know that we were playing until about 30 seconds ago and is scrambling frantically for an answer. From the fault <laughs> of Manchester... Of, my God, can I even freaking talk? Uh, from the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, Illustrator X, what's Dougie doing? Well, what isn't Dougie doing? According to IMDB, he's doing two dozen different things right now. Wow, that was a really creative answer. Oh, you're lucky I'm even on tonight. <laughs> and sitting next to him is the woman with more than a one hand on the grave and the other hand about to hit. Illustrator X, go ahead. Perfect. It's the dead redhead. Dead you can't even get a rise out of him tonight. I think that Dougie is sending us all lots of love. So what, we've got the love Doug tonight? (laughs) (laughs) The love Doug. (laughs) (laughs) We will find out in approximately 30 minutes what Dougie's doing. Before we get started with that, it's time for this genre news. And X, you're on. Well, as I'm sure you've all heard by now, earlier this week, uh, comic book legend Joe Kubert passed away. Now, where would uh, he from? We would know... Well, well comic, I know, I know him comic book readers will know him as the creator of Sergeant Rock. Uh, he's done fantastic work on Tarzan, Enemy Ace. Um, Hawkman is another big title of his. But uh, to, to illustrators like myself... He is known as the founder of the Joe Kubert School, which uh, since 1977 has churned out generation after generation of talent. Uh, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that there's a majority of artists working in the business today that are somehow affiliated with the Joe Kubert School or learned from Joe or learned from someone who learned it from Joe. Now, prior to sitting uh, literally next to him two years ago at Boston Comic-Con, had you ever met him? Yes. Um, in fact, that was one of the defining moments of my career. Uh, back in 97, he came out with a graphic novel, Facts from Sarajevo. And we were at the release party at the Wars and Pictures Museum in Northampton. And I was green as hell, trembling. I'm like, oh my God, that's Joe Kubert. And I just walked over and just was like, sir, 
Um, I'm a big fan of your work. Would you mind taking a look at my pages? And he goes, oh, sure, kid. And then he just stops, and his smile fades. And he goes, sit down. Oh, no. And he proceeded to tear apart every single page I had brought with me. But, and I can't stress this enough, he did it constructively. It wasn't, this is crap, this is crap, you're doing this all wrong. It was like, interesting that you're doing this. Have you considered doing this? Or you need a, a, I think if you have a stronger underdrawing here, or if you check more anatomy and, and uh, look at this artist, I think I see where you're going here. And he just built me up just like, as he's tearing me down, he's building me up at the same time. After a few minutes, I mean, this is a, at a reception in his honor. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you. Goodbye. And he says, no, 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 sit. And we <laughs> stayed for a half an hour. Nice. In the middle of the flo- of this reception, people are w- milling around us, and then he whip- he takes a piece of my paper and draws pens, papers. He says, "Okay, you're going to need this type of brush. You're going to need this type of pen. You're going to need this type of page." By the way, here's the address to my school and the phone number. And uh, you know, just and he says, "Keep with it. Keep with it." And it was. Really, really good. In fact, the big thing was at one point he said, so how how often do you practice? And I was like, well, to be honest, sir, you know, on a good day, I get in maybe an hour a day. And he just leans back and started laughing and goes, you'll never make it. Wow. But then he says, practice, sketch, 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 always be drawing, always be drawing. It's got to be in your blood. And I've, you know, when we saw him at the Boston Comic Con a year or two ago, I was able to say, you know, that conversation changed my life. I took your advice to heart and I really started applying myself and I, I followed up on all the anatomy books that you recommended. And he says, I have no memory of this. I'm like, I didn't expect you to. <laughs> but I just wanted you to know you really affected me. And it was one, how often do you get to tell your hero or that? you appreciate what they did for him. Oh, no for kidding. Him. Hey, you know what? It's, it's like that conversation we were having with Spider a while ago where exactly. he said, yeah, you know, was. too many people have left the party before he got a chance to tell them how much he, they meant to him. So, yeah. you know, exactly. awesome for you that you got to. That's great. And, and Absolutely. The cool thing and, was, you're, and you're taking classes from the school now, too. Yeah. I'm actually taking a, a penciling correspondence course, and I was like, oh, well... I mean, what am I going to say, man? It's it's just someone else will be creating that one. Well, you know, the cool thing for me was knowing your background uh, and and not knowing of Joe much at all. Getting to sit next to him two years ago at Boston Comic Con, it was just amazing what a gentleman he was. Oh, absolutely! I mean, very soft spoken, but you know, I I was watching him working with. Uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, them bringing up their, their portfolios, and he's just sitting there and very, very quietly working for 15 or 20 minutes with this kid that just came off the street and said, I want you to look at my stuff. And, uh, yeah, just uh, a wonderful gentleman and had a lot to do with the, making really classy artwork with right, which is comics. Which I suppose is, is why the... the the whole debacle from DC Comics is that much more of a slap. I mean, when Joe passed, I mean, Facebook was crammed. The internet was just crammed with with, uh, colleagues, artists everywhere, just giving their condolences, talking about memories of being with Joe and his impact. And DC had a very brief statement, like, blah, 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 it was an honor to work with the man. You know, his, his work on the upcoming Before Watchmen was some of the best in his career. Be sure and buy it. And I was like, "So tacky!" Wow, you corporate slime nuggets. Yeah, I mean, they have since Pretty much, taken yeah. that down, and they've they've revived. They've put up a, 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 you know, put a few more sentences in there, but it's oh, damage done. You that. corporate slime nuggets. Yep. Yeah, yep. It's kind of a. And not the yeah. good glowing green slime that makes you a cool mutant no. either, the bad no, kind. No, that's the bad That's no. right. That no. smells no. funny. Yeah, this is not you can't do that on television. <laughs> uh, this is 
this is this something is, you that's... shouldn't do that even if you're a big corporate whore that's uh, right so uh, you know nice going DC he only helped build up your entire company you bastards Mm. And the weird thing was, I mean, you know, this seems to be a week uh, where people who were real gentlemen in the industry have uh, passed on. For those of you, yes, John Ron Palello is gone. Yes, but also Harry Harrison, who, if you're a reader of science fiction, passed this week at the age of eighty-seven. Harry Harrison was kind of the second generation after the grandmasters Clark and Heinlein and Bradbury yeah, that it was the generation after that he had a number of wonderful series the most well-known one was the stainless steel rat series with slippery Jim DeGriz as the con man who traveled the universe swindling humans uh, he also wrote uh, the science fiction horror story Make Room, Make Room, which was uh, transformed into the film Sun and Green with Charlton Heston. And uh, Spoiler alert, it's people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, X, I know you probably still haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. No, actually Babies. I have, and I, that's a case You of saw like, one wow. of those newfangled moving pictures? <laughs> Shocking! I, I did, and I gotta say, that's one of those cases where I'm like, you know, sorry, Mr. Harrison, but wow, thank God they made a decent version of the, that because I did not enjoy the book. Really? Uh, really? All right, the man is dead. Hey, I you know. know what? Actually, the LDC now, dear. Yeah, <laughs> don't be a corporate slime nugget. Harry Harrison's work on Before Watchmen is the best of <laughs> Nice. Actually, what it... No, I, I always felt satirist more than anything else. So, you know, the original Make Room, Make Room was was clearly a, a satire of, of corporate and uh, and society. Stainless Steel Rat was, was all about uh, oh, the United Nations and things like that. But the satirical book was Build a Galactic Hero, which made fun of Isaac Asimov. <laughs> mm. All right, let's be a corporate slime nugget together. He made fun of Isaac Asimov. I hate this person. Oh, uh, actually, Asimov loved it. Uh, yeah, he probably did. It's because Asimov was fucking awesome. So, you know, this, these are the kinds of writers that you're not getting anymore. You're getting a lot of cookie cutter writers. It's hard to distinguish a lot of them. So, All right, so somebody, you've just insulted like 50% of our guests. Nice job. The ones we get are the ones that are able to break out of that mold. But in the old days, you know, people like Harry Harrison were like revered and, and well-intendedly revered because the stuff that he put out was amazing. It was one of a kind. It was very special. And we're losing these people every day. It's a shame. But it's an amazing legacy that he leaves behind. It's an amazing legacy that Joe Kubert leaves behind. Oh, my God, yes. <sighs> so now that we've downed everybody out. What's the next legacy we can talk about? Okay, uh, Daredevil's returning. Oh. Yikes. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, is, it re- is it like Daredevil 2 or is it a reboot? Uh, neither. It is uh, the reboot, but they're calling it a return. Don't ask why. Because they're moron corporate slime nuggets. (laughs) 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 And those of you playing along, you can guess what the term of the evening is right here. (laughs) Mosquito slime nuggets, arg. (laughs) Drink. Mecca lecca high, mecca hiney ho. There we go. It's a shame because Daredevil, some of the runs on Daredevil are some of the best comics that Marvel has ever put out, but it's just translated to the silver screen. It's like, oh. Silver screen? There hasn't been silver in those screens since, like, the 50s. And uh, there was real silver in that screen? Oh, my God. Oh, don't tell him that. He'll be trying to find old 70 millimeter screens now. Sorry, I'm off to go spelunking. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) 
Oh. What is the new? So what's the new? Dare? Wait, don't tell me. Let me guess. Um, they didn't touch the Born Again storyline, so it must be the Born Again story, right? You know what? They're not saying. So it probably is. Yeah. Okay. Is that Kevin Smith's? No, that's no. Uh, Frank Miller. Oh. That's okay. ca- that's called Watch Daredevil Have a Nervous Breakdown over the course of eight or nine issues. That'll be fun. Hey, if it's yeah, Ben it Affleck, sure. I was going to say, is Ben Affleck back? No, absolutely not. He's too well, old now. You're too old always, to be a superhero. You know, I he forget. Is. God what? forbid they put Jennifer Garner back in. Uh, she's, she's too old, too. She's in that Disney movie as a mom. She's too old to be sexy. She is. She's playing moms with, like, two and three kids now. Yikes. <laughs> Go I ahead, forget. We, no, just think. It reminded me. One of our friends said once. I forget who said it, but it's like I hate Daredevil because his super. He's a blind man, and his superpower is he can see. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about it that way. That is a really lame superhero. <laughs> well, if you want to see a good legacy, a really good one. And you happen to be in Toronto uh, this week, uh, this weekend. So when you're listening to the podcast today or tomorrow, um, go to the Toronto Independent Film Festival oh, and yeah. see the free exhibition called X-Men Master Gordon Smith. It's the original trilogy of movies. It's all the prosthetics and special effects makeup and um, just I'm skimming through the io9 article again right now and the pictures are incredible and amazing and it really makes me want to go see it so I can't because I can't make it to Toronto so someone has to go for me and Marvel at all of this marvelous, haha. <laughs> oh. No, seriously, go and see it because it looks My like it's going to be a phenomenal show. Your stomach hurt before the show, X. That doesn't count. And isn't there a, a Lovecraft movie th- festival this weekend? Speaking of movie. Oh, that's right. This weekend is H.P. Lovecraft's birthday. Happy birthday, Yay. Lovecraft! <laughs> creeping, creeping us out for decades. Wait, wait, wait. Who, what show it? just had a Lovecraft episode? Her Warehouse 13, 13. yeah. There we go. Yes. Quite topical, quite topical. And kudos right. to them for have, for using, of all things, the silver key. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah they're nothing if not clever. We love you. And We're- not only that, they have they can claim to fame. They've already used two Star Trek actors. And who this would is a they claim be? To fame. I don't know. Well, we have... Um, the recurring character this season, we have Brent Spiner on as the, I can't remember his name, but he's a Brother Data! <laughs> brother Data, yes, Brother Data. Well, and there's a third, there's Michelle Nichols who plays Artie. What? <laughs> oh, oh, God! Oh, Lord. Oh, actually, wait a minute, there is another one, uh, Pete's mom, Captain Janeway. Oh, that's right, what? so there are three. There are three. Kate Mulgrew... Hey, Kate Mulgrew, then, represent, okay? Yep. And then um, Hugo, the character of Hugo, is played by Renea Bergenois. Who nobody who cares about. Udo on um, Deep Snore 9 there. Deep Snore 9? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? It's 7-Eleven in space? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we thought the show was about, so... <laughs> yes. So they've had three Star Trek characters on now. At least... There may be more. If there is more, you should tell us about them. Um, just just before we, we head off at this point, I, I want to mention our favorite Kickstarter project at the moment, uh, Life After Star Trek, Through the Fire, by Michael Dorn. Yes. Oh, what did the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Bump do to it? Uh, well, I think they've doubled their funding. They have $42,968 out of a $750,000 goal. And I think this this might be too high a goal for Kickstarter, but I, I'm backing you, Worf. I want my Friends of Worf t-shirt so bad. 
<laughs> so bad. <laughs> so everyone it's- needs to back this project so that I can get it. But Mr. Dorn, you you're welcome. When you back <laughs> the project, you need to send a little note to Mr. Dorn telling him you heard about it on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and he needs to do an interview with us. Yes, totally. That's right. Or either or, just send us the very small amount of of um. Isn't it three thousand dollars? Um, it was something like that. So you can get a Skype call. You get a half twenty-five hundred dollars. Oh wait, no. Fifty-five hundred. Five thousand dollars? Wait a minute. Did this one go away? And don't forget to send us Sci-Fi Saturday Night two thousand dollars. Oh no no, it's only three hundred and fifty dollars. That's right. It's only three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. Oh, there we go. Not even a thousand, folks. Come on. Less than a thousand dollars. Man, we've got probably got that in the couch. Get three hundred and fifty dollars. What couch you been sitting in? (laughs) The one with all the loose chains. Ouch! It hurts my buttocks. Well, there goes the show, folks. <laughs> it's very scary that that's where we're at. All right. So, oh, we just went to our R rating. <laughs> so, I mean, at this point, we could talk about Grim returning for a second season. We could talk about why David Cronenberg thinks superhero movies suck. Uh, we could talk about why John Barrowman is in the new Green Arrow series on the CW. Squeak! Yeah, why? Might, might, well, that might make it the one thing redeeming out of it. But... Uh, Instead, I think it's probably oh, or or uh, Kriana talking about uh, out of print science fiction books. Eh. Kriana, you know what? Let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah, let's let's. I, I'm going to talk to the guest. Yes, well, we, Doug's on a timetable, and we if he has to leave early, we can always come back. This is true. Ah. So let, let let me bring in Doug. We've got to well, bring Doug. I'm in. bringing in Doug. We have to do the. Uh, no, we can do the poll at the end this tonight. We can do the poll. All right, stop arguing. He's, it will be Doug. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, you crazy kids. Did I come in the middle of an argument? No, no, never, no. Doug. No, it was choir practice. We're in harmony. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear harmony. I heard a bunch of bickering and squabbling. No, like teach the it's, world to sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical show for us. So, <laughs> well, then you're a family. Our typical family is what that is. Absolutely. There's just our, so much love in this room. Our there, well, there is now. <laughs> yes. That's right. Doug is here. It is with us. Doug, uh, star of movies, coffee table books, and soon to be, I'm told. There is an announcement you would like to make about a new project. Kind oh, of an announcement. Perhaps a scrap, sir. A scrap. Just, just yes. The teeniest well, tidbit. Okay, well, let, let, me, let me build up to it and just okay. tell you that, 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 of course, right now, we'll talk about this in a minute, of course. Right now in theaters, uh, you can see me as the, the lead alien bad guy in The Watch with Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill. I'm the one invading their neighborhood. <laughs> I, I think I think you're doing the world a favor. I don't I don't think you're the oh, villain. That's kind of precious. Right. <laughs> and then uh, uh, starting September 26th on ABC would be a new TV show called The Neighbors with uh, Jamie Gertz, and uh, it's about a human family that moves into a subdivision in New Jersey. And uh, what they don't know about this gated community is that it is entirely inhabited by aliens from outer space who are posing as humans. I would be one of those goofy neighbors in a few episodes. Um, and whether or not I get to keep doing uh, any more episodes this season will depend upon uh, my schedule with my next thing, which is what you're thinking is my announcement. Okay. It is indeed. Um, I will be joining the season three cast of series regulars for uh, uh, Falling Skies on TNT. Wow. There, you there heard we- it here first, folks. <laughs> well, I um, and I what, what that's all I that's all you can hear though, folks, is because um, I just signed my contract today, uh, and the uh, there's uh, uh, season two is just coming to a close, so they're not really going to be revealing what I'm playing or who I'm playing or what I'm going to be doing on the show. Um, that's that's going to be a season three uh, episode one, you know, kind of uh, uh, reveal. Wow, Doug, I bet the character's going to be tall. <laughs> I think oh. we can say that safely. 
Hey, wow. Well, since I'm sitting here at six, three and a half, I think you're right. See? See? I'm psychic all that way. These are good guesses. Yes. <laughs> so, Doug, how, I mean, all of a sudden, your career is just really exploding. You're, there, if you look at the Internet Movie Database page, you've got close to 15 projects in pre-production or in post-production. And it's, frankly, it couldn't happen to a nicer gentleman, number one. Absolutely. Aw, we're very kind. But how cool is this? Seriously. <laughs> well, pretty darn cool, if that's, a, if that's your question. <laughs> yeah, that's totally my Dome, was that a question? Yeah, I know. It was an excited statement, and we'll take Dome it. Dome has it's a fun. lot of excited statements, but it's usually when pretty girls are around, so I'm kind of confused right now. <laughs> uh, so, oh, wait, do I rate up there with a pretty Apparently girl? Apparently you do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> wow, I, that's, that's, that's high praise indeed. Like I have always been tug-tied around you because uh, you're just an incredible talent, and your body of work has just... Uh, blown me away all the way back going back to uh, uh, the hush on, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh gosh thank you my goodness and, uh, you know <laughs> you know it's still amazing to me that someone who's done as much as you've done it's spent as much time as you have with us and uh, <laughs> you're still coming back for more yeah no <laughs> Yeah, yeah, do I need a saliva test, or what's wrong with me? I don't know. <laughs> Come pee in this cup. No, I adore you people. We, we shared some love for the first time. When did I meet you? Was it in Boston? It was. You met us in Worcester. No, no, Boston. Well, that was in Boston. You met us in Worcester first. Right. Well, is 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 that the is that in the Boston area? I'm not. I'm not good with. Kind of. Yeah. It's the Rock and Shock. Yes. Yes. It's the a Rock and Shock. Country. There you go. Yes. yes. And, and and we shared and we shared some love and 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 of yes. course I've been I've been hooked on Sci-Fi Saturday nights ever since. Aww. So for you to but, say. Uh, tell us, um, no, but with all these other projects you're working on, tell us about some of these other things. I'm just looking down the list here, and I'm seeing you playing roles like uh, Comatose Mother, uh, Smoking <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Which one know, would you like to tell us about? Got- Yes. I want to hear about plug away, Jesus. plug away. Well, the the pre-productions or the uh, are you know uh, there's not a whole lot to tell about any of those yet because they just haven't happened yet. Um, An evening with my comatose mother, since you brought it up, is uh, is a feature film that's based on a short film that I saw at uh, Scream Fest here in, in L.A. The young filmmaker uh, uh, Jonathan, of course, you, uh, you're you're cat- catching me with things I wasn't prepared for. Uh, ah, forgetting his last name, curses on me. Um, He's from Utah, and he was here with his short film, An Evening with My Comatose Mother. I watched it. I laughed my ass clean off. I was trying to... That's where it went, by the way. Uh, um, and he uh, and I and I I met him after the, after the film screening and said, Who are you? I have to be in whatever you make. You're brilliant. Uh, uh, so he said, he, Well, actually, we're talking about doing a, a feature film version of An Evening with My Comatose Mother. It's about, about a, a girl who comes to sort of babysit... Uh, a 90-year-old woman who's in a coma upstairs, and, and it's like so. It's a grown, a, 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 an adult couple who um, hires a babysitter to come watch their their comatose mom while they while they go out. And uh, so, so yeah, so they want me to play this 90-year-old woman because, and oh, I think nice. some, something about the tall, <laughs> the tall, skinny thing uh, in a in a scraggly old woman makeup really made the director laugh his laugh. Yeah, just thinking about it. And therefore, it made me laugh because I trust him. And uh, so, I, that, I've, I've never played a ninety-year-old woman before, and I thought, wouldn't that be an acting challenge? So, <laughs> yes. that, so that that's a little that's in development now. Uh, uh, then, of course, you mentioned uh, Smoking Jesus. That's the the name of a role that I'm playing. Uh, I already did do in a movie called Rock Jocks with uh, uh, Felicia Day and Robert Picardo and Oh, uh, nice. Oh, nice. Jason Mewes and um, Jerry Bednob. Jason Mewes? Wow. Yes. Now we know and, what they're smoking. <laughs> okay. No. no, no. <laughs> uh, see, also, um, uh, 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 yeah, Jerry Bednob from 40-Year-Old Virgin was in it, and Andrew Bowen from uh, from uh, Mad TV. 
as one of our lead roles, Justin Chan from Twilight is in it, and uh, it's, just a, it's a great, huge cast of funny people, and um, it is a, Rock Talks is about uh, uh, a, a secret government operation that is shooting asteroids out of the sky before they hit the Earth. And so average civilians know nothing about this because we're all walking around protected. We don't know. But, but uh, this, this team uh, and this, this setup, the government was, was helped by an alien from outer space who had the technology to do this, and that would be me. Uh, and so I, I helped them set up this, this program, and I stayed in, in, on Earth because I really got hooked on cigarettes, and I kind of like them. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. I'm sensing a, I'm sensing a theme in your roles. Uh, oh, the word alien come up a lot. Is that oh. <laughs> um, were you in Prometheus? I mean, I'm just I don't I didn't recognize you. No, but, but I, I loved. Can I tell you what though? I, I another one that said it's in development that may not be on IMDb yet. But um, watching Michael Fassbender in Prometheus, I thought he was such a brilliant android character. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it, it made me want to play an android now, and so of course, an opportunity came up. A movie called Space Command, based on the old black and white 1950s TV series. Oh called yeah. Space. Um, and I'm uh, I'm going to be playing an uh, an android in that. And uh, Mark Zakri is our writer director, and he uh, he's written oh, a lot, wow. lot of from Twilight Zone. Yeah, right, and also a lot of Star Trek incarnations. He's written for uh, he, he's a and Babylon Five, and he's a brilliant with a lot of heart. And he 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 takes he combines sci-fi with with relationships and, and human drama, and makes it. He's a delicious writer. So I cannot wait. To do Space Command. Um, oh, there's there's so many more coming up. Uh, I just uh, earlier today I had an ADR voice looping session for Dust of War, which is a, a, a post-apocalyptic movie with uh, Tony Todd uh, that I did and oh. Gary Camp uh, from Alien Nation. Uh, such a great uh, we were filmed it on the high plains of uh, of South Dakota in a in a futuristic world. And um, you know we're we're all thinning for ourselves, and I, and I got to play uh, a merry minstrel with a with a, a, t- a touring group of of entertainers that are going across the plains, uh, trying to make this awful world a better place. So it's a really great part. For me. That that's totally nothing like you at all. No, <laughs> singing, making merry in in a world of of despair. Of course, it's me. <laughs> that. One description just made me want to see that movie so badly. <laughs> oh, do, you, do you want to hear a sample? Uh, uh, yes. I do, I, okay. I, I have all the children of, of our little tent village gathered up, and I'm singing them a little song. And I can't remember what. How did it go? Oh, the day is red and the fish is dead. Uh, oh, where did it go from there? Ah. The eager. <laughs> And the dust finally settles on a bed full of nettles. Yeah, there you go. Bravo! <laughs> Hooray! Thank you, thank you. Don't forget to tip your wait staff. That was great. <laughs> so you'll be releasing this, the soundtrack album, Seth Jones, <laughs> as a minstrel, any day now, right? Don't count on it. Aww. <laughs> That's really disappointing. Maybe a single on iTunes. I would, I would buy that on iTunes, I was just about to say. Are you Thanks. kidding me? Absolutely. We should do uh, a Kickstarter yeah. project to crowdfund your album. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Well, I, uh, I uh, also, another one that, that's already in the can and coming out soon would be John Dies at the End. Um, do you so, have a spoiler uh, for the ending? Uh, right, I kind of gives it away, doesn't it? The uh, uh, but it's a book uh, that has been adapted to film by writer director Don Coscarelli, who brought you the oh, Phantasm movie. Phantasm. He also gave you Bubba Hotep. Oh, yes. And the Beastmaster with Mark Singer back in the eighties. Yeah. You know, he's a great director. I love him. Oh, love yeah. him. oh my God, Doug, are you going to be we working with? All of are you going to be working with Angus Scrim? Um, well, Angus was in this movie. I, we didn't have scenes together, but he. W- we are credited oh. together in the movie, along with Paul Giamatti and Clancy Brown. Oh my oh, gosh, it's the Tall Guys Society. <laughs> I know. Oh, Clancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, Clancy and I had had one scene together, which are, he's a sweetheart of a guy, and uh, so I am. No, I'm very excited about John dies at the end. It's, it played really well. Uh, packed houses at South by Southwest and also uh, Sundance, and the critics have weighed in. The ones who've seen it and they love the reviews are brilliant. Uh, a lot of the reviewers say they don't quite understand it all the way, but they love it. You know, it's a it's a bizarre. Uh, uh, a um, story about uh, uh, two dimensions existing at the same time, and of course, the dimension, the, the dimension that we're aware of here uh, on Earth. Um, these two kids, uh, they, but they're they're kind of drug addicts, and they they take this this uh, street drug called soy sauce, and the soy sauce though is sort of an all-knowing drug that that chooses who it will, will reveal the other dimension to. Uh, so these kids think they're hallucinating, but in real, in reality, they're actually seeing this other dimension that has been existing alongside us all along. So um, my character, Roger North, comes from this other dimension. And once the soy sauce has opened that portal between the two uh, worlds, um, I ha- now have been able to observe these two kids. Uh, they're early 20-somethings, uh, played by Chase Williamson as our lead, he, uh, and, uh, and Rob Mays, two brilliant young actors. And uh, so I then come and actually manifest and visit them in their world and uh, try to explain that that something uh, that Earth needs saving. It's up to them. Uh, this other dimension is about to attack, and now it's time to get some. They're the ones that are responsible for saving the world. So there's a lot ahead for them. So I have a couple of great scenes in the movie that I'm really happy about, and and uh, yeah, I can't wait for John dies at the end. Did you uh, get to work with Paul Giamatti at all? Um, no, I did not. I, I, he, he, all of his scenes were with uh, Chase Williamson. He was like a, a, a reporter interviewing uh, oh. that, and so the, with, with a lot of you know flashing back and forth uh, from from their their diner scene. Um, another one I'm kind of fun crazy about is I just finished. I just wrapped a movie called Rays R A Z E with action star Zoe Bell. You would know her from from the Death Proof movie, uh, part That's of Grindhouse. Right, Death Proof. Yeah. And uh, she was also uh, uh, Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill, that's and, right, that's right. and Lucy Lawless's stunt double in all the Xena episodes. Uh, so she's um, a, a, a wonderful actress, and she, gosh, she brings she brings so much tough action with a lot of uh, femininity at the same time. Like she's a she's a, a sexy woman, tough as nails. I she's an amazing screen presence. Anyway, the story that Rays is about. A society of elite, uh, moneyed people uh, with a long family history on my part. I'm, I'm Play Joseph, the leader of this elite society. And my family has handed down through the centuries this tradition that comes from ancient Greece, uh, where we call these women menads. And there's these crazy women with a, a violent streak that, that goes nutty cakes. And um, uh, sort of like, and we make them fight each other like gladiators. So we kidnap women out of their lives, keep them in an underground prison cell, and then make them fight each other two at a time to the death. Uh, so until we finally have Very one winner. Very 70s, Doug. This is, no. <laughs> Sounds kind of like True Blood, actually. But it's, a, it's a little bit of Hunger Games meets Fight Club meets just playing gross. Uh, you know, there's a lot. So uh, anyway, I had I got to play this this. My, my character doesn't know he's evil. He has no idea this is a, this is wrong. It's been passed down to him. It's just all he's ever known. And uh, and so I have I have a wife and kids of my own and grandkids even. And so you see that me uh, introduced as this lovely family man, and then you realize what I'm doing, and it's like oh, it's really disturbing storyline. Well, get this though: the woman who played my wife in the in Rays uh, is none other than the iconic beauty from Twin Peaks, Cheryl. Yes. Oh, get out. Oh, Connection to Twin Peaks. Right? When I, my first day working with her, I said, honey, you could have done so much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ble- we were such an odd-looking couple because of me. But, uh, but, I, I, but that, that also helped the unsettled feeling of it all, is that we just don't look right together either. So it really, it was a, like, it's going to be a fun, fun movie it's cut, if it's cut together right. That sounds you know, exciting. We are major peakies. Lots of peakies at my career here. Yeah, I know. Lots of coming. Lots of coming. Wow. Uh, hey, uh, another project I want to ask you about. 
Uh, last month we had on Scott Perry and Adam Mock. Yes. For their uh, their book, Fallen Superheroes, and you are affiliated with that book as well. He's in the book. I, I am. Well, I, uh, it's a coffee table photo book with uh, well, it, half photos, half written text. Um, with um, every chapter is 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 a, a pictorial and a, and a story being told about a fallen superhero. These are all the superheroes that never quite made it. And these stories will tell you why, what their shortcomings are, why they didn't make it. My character in the book is Healing Feet. Uh, I got the gift, right. and, and Scott Scott Perry, uh, you know, one of our writers, Scott Perry and Adam Mock are the two writers, and Eric Curtis was our photographer. Now, by the way, that's the same the same writing and photography team that did my very own book, that uh, my Yay. other copy. That I we that sold I, a lot of copies of that for you, Doug. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We also wrote a lot of copies of that book, to be quite honest with you. So next time you're in Boston, in the Boston area, you're signing them, my friend. A lot of books to sign. Absolutely. You bet, baby. You bring them. So, but Scott Perry asked me, if you were going to be a superhero, what would you want your power to be? I said, oh, I would love to have the gift of healing and maybe a set of angel wings on my back so I can you know, fly down out of the sky and, and heal people and, and then flutter away, right? And, uh, and so he said, okay, but that, all, that, all, that doesn't sound like a fallen hero. That sounds like that would actually work. Uh, uh, so he said, how about, ah, and then the, he, he just snapped his fingers and said, you got the gift of healing in your feet instead of your hands. Therefore, nobody wants you to lay your feet on them. They'd rather wait for the ambulance, right? <laughs> so, so I'm a big fail. And so he gave me, so we found big prosthetic bare feet to do in the photo shoots. So I have like size 28 feet. Uh, feet. Nice. <laughs> a, a little white leotard and little white angel wings. And I just looked pathetic. And I, so you see me at my house, checking the mail, sitting out in the backyard, having a, having a cup of tea, whatever, you know, right, just because I have no life. Aww. That's all in, in the coffee table book, Fallen Superheroes, available now at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. You go, babe. And Zombrarian will have an Amazon affiliate link in our post. I will. Good idea. And for the mime book, too, my very own book, If You'd Be a Deer. Oh, yes, Absolutely. of course. And Absolutely. if you want to re-listen to uh, Scott and Adam's interview, that's episode 142. Uh, hey. Where they sat with us for an hour and we just laughed at each other for a solid hour. Oh boy, hour. <laughs> were they fun? They were they were a riot. Yeah, no, they're 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 a laugh riot. Both of them, very funny people. That's why you're, they're that's why they're such good writers. And you're actually going to see them tonight, aren't you? I am. We're doing a, we're doing um, a bookstore signing in downtown LA at a place called the Last Bookstore. Uh, I think in this digital age, that's, that's probably a very very uh, fitting name for a bookstore, isn't it? Mm. Kind of yeah, scary, most of them don't exist anymore. Awesome. Yeah, I know. One. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> I cannot tell you how much I've missed hearing that, Doug. <laughs> oh, precious. Well, just try, just try going to a Borders bookstore, right? I know. <laughs> and, and I've got to tell you, you're probably the only human being on the planet who could get away with calling me precious. <laughs> but you are. If I was right there right now, I'd be petting your head. Yes, I would. <laughs> it's not like you haven't done that before. That's Doug. what I'm saying. In Boston, I remember. Get out the head oil. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you crazy kids. So you're actually on your way up to Canada uh, within a couple of days. That's right. Uh, yeah, Falling Skies uh, films up in Vancouver, Canada, which I now that I'm familiar with the city up there because I filmed three episodes of The Outer Limits back uh, up there back in the early, late '90s, and I filmed uh, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer there in 2006. So uh, it's a great welcoming town for filming, and it's also gorgeous. It's you know a beautiful downtown area that's uh, tucked in like a, a lot of bays and water inlets and uh, uh, hill uh, hilly green things off to across the bay and. Ah, it's gonna be great. And well, uh, I, I have to ask you one thing because you're the one who brought it up. Yes. There's been a lot of talk, rumors, if you will, including mm. a Hollywood reporter, well. about a reboot of the Fantastic Four and the right. training of certain characters within that universe to get into the new replay. And there's been an awful lot of talk 
about the Silver Surfer? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been out of the loop on anybody who who's important in that talk. Um, so I'm, I'm hearing the same news you are. Uh, yeah, I saw the reports, uh, uh, articles that have said that, uh, oh gosh, uh, 20th Century Fox... Uh, yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole thing. Is that Marvel has its own studio now, and and with with a large library of their own characters. However, they did before they had their own studio. They gave uh, they sold movie rights uh, to 20th Century Fox and other studios for uh, certain characters. And of course, the Fantastic Four, um, Silver Surfer, Galactus, and Daredevil were all at 20th Century Fox. Um, so uh, I think Daredevil has expired, uh, and and that's about to go back to Marvel. And I think the news was that Marvel was saying, keep Daredevil in exchange and give us the Silver Surfer and Galactus back. Yeah. Which, which is, I think that's really, if that's true, and if Marvel is saying that, then that would be sweet news to think that they might be wanting to include them in the Avengers world now. Who knows? I don't know. But um, uh, it's nice that they, that they, it sounds like they want to they make plans with the Surfer at, uh, and Galactus again, which would be great. I would love to revisit that character. Uh, you know whether they come back for me or not again is 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 still not a guaranteed thing. But who else would do it? Who else who could else? do well, that? I would love to play the character again, no question about it. Uh, so and the cool thing play. is, is if it's in the Avengers universe, mm. that means you're working with Joss. Oh. Well, if yes, to be directed by Joss Whedon again would be delicious. And after meeting him and working with him on that uh, the Hush episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, I yeah, he's he's one of those rare genius people that just can do anything and turn it into gold. Pretty much, I think so. You know, there's there's a point at which when you look at the body of work that you've done with the Hush episode with Abe Sapien, with the Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth, with the, the Silver Surfer. The touch is there, Doug, and you've got it. Oh, well, oh, you know, that's, you're very kind. I don't know. I, I've also done a lot of turkeys that we just don't talk about. And we're not going to talk about them. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> true. That's not true. Now, my, well, my theory, Doug, is that you're just trying to, to prove a point that you can make it as a, you know, people can make a living as an actor. Yeah, sure, yes, yes. And, and, and part of that making a living as an actor is is saying yes to a turkey when you when you need a job, which might explain why I did Bugbuster or uh, or or Jack Frost Part Two. You know. I remember that movie. The Revenge of a Mutant Snowman or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. Sounds awesome. Um, you know, yeah. Or or at the beginning of my career, I did a little piece of turd called The Newly Deads. Yeah, right. Oh, the God. Newly Deads. Oh no. I wouldn't say they haven't all turned to gold. No, no, I have proof. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, and I've got the VH, I've got the VHS tape to prove it. <laughs> Do you know I what still- that is, Kriana? <laughs> um, I have a vague memory of something magnetic. Um, yeah, I don't. I, it doesn't work with my iPad, so. Right, right. It's hard to play a VHS tape on your iPad. Oh, how far we've come. Absolutely. So, Doug, you're heading off. You've got a couple of good, solid, best-selling books. You've got movies coming up. You just finished the movie with Ben Stiller. You've got mm. two TV series that you're you're guest starring in. Uh, congratulations, man! Really, Thank seriously. You. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel like we won't be feel- seeing you doing the con circuit for a while. Right. Well, I had to cancel one uh, in Kansas City. I was supposed to be there uh, next week um, for Crypticon in Kansas City. I'm going to have to miss that one now. I'm kind of bummed about it. Aww. But, uh, but yeah. So that this takes me off the off the con circuit until uh, mid December. I'll be up in Vancouver. So uh, I've got some early. I think I'm next date I have is somewhere in Kentucky in March, maybe of of, of 2013. So. Yeah. But you're going to let all our New England fans know when you're in the Boston area. Because yeah. <laughs> because the five of us here are definitely the first ones who will be in line. Aww. Right. See, and, and we're gonna, well, I'm going to hug you and squeeze your cheeks and, 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 and smack <laughs> you around. I'm gonna <laughs> You've done it before, Doug, and you can do it again. Oh, uh, oh I'm going <laughs> to. Do, uh, do you want me to get that? <laughs> 
Hello? <laughs> Yikes. Oh, Doug, you know what? I know you've, you're, you're heading off to a book signing tonight. I don't want to let you go. But it's this hour has gone so quickly. And oh. it's... We never want to let you go. Oh, we don't. Can we keep you forever? It's, you have to trust we... that it's hard for me to. You know, I, I would love to... Uh, yes, keep me forever. Make a little buggy box and I'll crawl into it, okay? <laughs> or, and, I, and I'm a contortionist. I can do that. Mm, don't tempt us. Okay. And go missing after your next visit to Boston, and they'll be like, hmm. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, my wife, next time you come to Boston, my wife says, if he's going to be there, you're not going alone, and that's... No. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Bring her. I, I, need, I need to pet her head and, and pinch her cheeks, too. Yes, I do. <laughs> and you know what? She'll love the hell out of it. Doug Jones, oh. thank you so much for joining us thank tonight. Thank you, Doug. Well, thank you for having me on, and thank you again and again. I, I love visiting with you guys anytime, so we'll, we'll do this again soon, okay? Okay, you got it. Right. So, Illustrator X, walk us through. Where are we at? What's coming up in the next couple of weeks? Not doing that yet, my friend. We still have to do the poll and a few other news items, so... Oh, we really? No, we don't. Do we? we do. No, we yes, don't. We do. Not really. No, we don't. You know what? We'll hold the poll up for another week. The music's not working. It's not working. Yeah, We're no. so professional here. God. Gosh darn it. Alright. Break out the bongos oh, and the skittles. Oh, there we go. Set. There we go. Alright. We're alright. Go for it, Eck. Next week, filmmaker Randall Lobb comes out of his shell for his new documentary film, Turtle Power. Then on September 1st, straight from Pacino and Pacino Talent Agency, it's Cavern of Comics host Cooper Barnes. On September 8th, award-winning author and filmmaker Joe Trapichian with his latest novel, Immortality Wars. And way off on October 25th, con season's not over yet, Sue Soar shares the guest list for this year's Rhode Island Comic Con. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, and of ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at robwattsonline.com. Dome? If there's a better guest than Doug Jones, I don't know who the hell it is. You're welcome back anytime, Doug. Uh, you can come back tomorrow. We won't do a show, but you could come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thanks you to all of our wonderful hosts, the... Uh, Usual suspects from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana and Grammar Girl Zombarian. Thank you, ladies. I'm beating the soundboard into submission as we speak. Is it working? I don't know. Can you hear it? Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Zombarian's not going to say a thing, so from the four No, because it's the silent zone. Okay, sorry. From the four color ball for comics, Illustrator X, the dead redhead. Thank you, guys. Good night, everybody. And Barnabas, the de undead kitty, says good night, too. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Hi, this is Michael. I know.